Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. Genesis chapter 26 verse number 1. Now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Let's skip down to verse number 12. I want to read a couple of verses there. <clears throat> From verse 12 to verse number, we can uh, go to verse number 22. Then Isaac sowed in the land. What did he do? What happened then? He reaped. Ten years later, same year, a hundred fold. Now, if he just sowed ten rand, he would have just got a hundred rand back. But he emptied out everything because he believed that God is going to help him. In the same here. Amen. And the Lord blessed him. Let me ask you this. How many of you will give, empty your account if you know that you're going to get a harvest in the same year? Let me just see. Will you do that? It proves to me you're not believing God. That when you tithe and when you give, you're not giving with faith. Because when I release my faith, I don't wonder if it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I won't raise my hand because I know I'm going to get my miracle this year. And so you must have faith when you give. Isaac sowed by faith. He believed God. He trusted God. And in the same year, he began uh, to receive his harvest, harvest. Verse 13, the man began to prosper. And verse 13, and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had more possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and of great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Your fellow workers who are not serving the Lord, they're going to start envying you. Amen. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And they had filled them with earth, with mud. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us. For you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names which his father had called them. And also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water. Say running water. Say living waters. But the herdsmen of Gerar, Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Isaac because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one also. So he called that name Shethna. And he moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth. Because he said, from now the Lord has made room for us. Raise your right hand and say this with me. Say, the Lord will make room for us. Say, I have more than enough to receive the blessings of God. Say, I will be fruitful in the land. I will multiply. I will increase. Promotion is my portion. Inheritance is my portion. Everywhere I go, I have favor. People want to do business with me. I have more than enough 
In Jesus' name, amen. I look at this and you shall be fruitful in the land. I want to speak to you just for a couple of minutes on something that's in my spirit and I haven't preached it in, in our church here. I just felt this morning that I want to stir this thing up a little bit for us. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, three generations. Abraham, his generation or him received everything by prayer. Thanks. Everything he did, he had to believe God for. He had to trust God for the supernatural. He did not understand the supernatural. He had no revelation on the supernatural. He just acted by faith. He just started believing God to, to reveal him. When God appeared to him, he says, who are you? I don't even know you. Because he served the God of the moons. He was a false um, worshiper serving another God. And then our God came and introduced himself. And he says, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know what to do with you. Who are you? What should, I, what should I do with you? And God introduced himself as Jehovah Jireh and as El Shaddai. And a covenant was established with Abraham. And he became Abraham, the father of our faith. But he never had somebody to introduce him to, the, to God, to the supernatural, to the presence of God. But everything he did came out of prayer came out of seeking God, came out of that place of, I need God more than anything else in my life. And then we see Isaac came, and Isaac received everything by inheritance. The Bible says he received the inheritances of, of his father Abraham, and Abraham, uh, Isaac got everything his father um, worked for was given to him. That's the second generation. Isaac was the intellectual guy. He was the guy that reasoned everything out a little bit in his life. And so he really didn't need to have the supernatural. That is where a lot of us are sitting maybe here this morning. I have to work for the supernatural, pray for the supernatural, work by faith, believe by faith, sow by faith, get you all into the arena with heart, work, kick you in there, force you, torture you, because an Isaac generation doesn't really have to understand what the price is because it's just my dad has done that and next Sunday we'll show you the photos of what happened at movement and you're all going to clap your hands and you're so excited and you were not even there but because my dad did a great job hallelujah you understand the Isaac syndrome the Isaac generation and then you get the Jacob generation which was in the presence of God and he says, I don't even know I was in the presence of God. And the Jacob generation works on the shortcut mentality. So they don't have to pay anything. They don't have to do anything. They are having an entitlement attitude in their lives. But Abraham, let's speak about him this morning, the father of our faith. The Bible gives us clear an example that he was a father of sacrifice. He had to sacrifice things. He had to work very hard for that. And please don't think this morning that because you are old, you are an Abraham. You may be the first one in your family that has the spirit of Abraham to break through certain things. You might be the first one that has a business, the first one that has success in finances, the first one that has achieved a degree in your, in your, in your lineage. So you must understand you're the father of Abraham. You're an Abraham seed breaking through but that doesn't mean your children are going to do that doesn't mean that your children will follow in your footsteps 
So you have to keep on building this legacy, keep on building this thing until there comes a desire in their hearts to start seeing what the Father is doing and what the Father of our faith has been doing in our lives. In the book of Acts chapter 2, we see very clearly that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was birthed by prayer. This Abraham generation is a prayer generation. They pray things through. They believe God for the supernatural. They believe God for the impossible. In Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, were there with 120 people that, that fasted and prayed for 50 days. No marketing strategy. No social media. No organization of, okay, on this day the Holy Spirit is going to come. They just believed the word of the Lord that the outpouring is going to take place. We don't know when. We don't even know what you're talking about, Jesus. We don't even know who's the Holy Ghost. But we're going to pray this thing through of what you told us is going to happen. And for 50 days they prayed and then the Holy Spirit came. I don't know what's going to happen in our nation. I don't know what's going to happen with the supernatural. I didn't know seven years ago what's going to explode in our nation. All I did was I started believing God. Started stepping out on a prophetic word that says you'll carry a movement. And I started stepping out by faith. And we, we started on a Wednesday night in this building. Very small building and small crowds. But we've, we're now entering in three days from now into an arena that can see thousands of people. Listen, that that is the, the act of faith that comes through the birthing of prayer, the birthing of fasting, the birthing of somebody that believes that God can do it. And I'm sharing this because some of you are sitting here and say, I don't know if I can start that business. I don't know if God can give me a promotion. I don't know if this is if there's more for my life. I want to say to you this morning, there is more. There nothing is impossible with God. With God, all things are possible. All you have to do is believe the word of the Lord. Some of us have prophecies. We can fill a whole library full of them and still haven't done anything about them. Let's take those prophecies, stand upon the prophecies, stand upon the word of God. Say, God, I believe you are still able to do what you said you're going to do. You said you're going to bless me. I don't see the blessings, but I'm going to start appropriating the blessings. I'm going to start activating it. I'm going to pray that thing through until I see the blessings of God upon my life. And so we see Abraham here. He built seven altars in his life. Seven altars in his life. And on the altars, there were four things that I want to share with you quickly. On every altar, there are sacrifices. Say sacrifices. Come on, young people, let me hear you. Say sacrifices. Sacrifices. On this altar, he had to place a sacrifice. The most prized possession he had to put on was Isaac. When he built this altar, he never thought that God is going to ask him for the most prized possession. And God said to him, I want you to offer your only son, Isaac. Take him up, go lay him down. And Abraham didn't argue. Abraham didn't wonder. Abraham did what God said. He says, go up, make a sacrifice. Abraham went up. Went up the mountain with his son, Isaac. Let me use an example here, Quincy. Uh, Dwayne, just run to that side of the... the I'm, I, when I walk, you walk in sync with me on the platform. Okay? So yeah, Isaac, come here. Yes, Isaac. Where are we going, Dad? No, we're going to go and sacrifice. But where's the... 
Where is the lamb? Where is the ram? Son, God's going to provide. Okay, just bring the wood. So here we go. Let's go. So we go up. Here we stop. Son, just hang here. All the servants, the Bible says, all the servants was with him. He, the Bible says this. He told his servants, me and the son, we're going to go up and sacrifice and we'll come down again. Because he knew God is going to supply. So as he started walking on this side of the Mount Moriah, God was walking on the other side with the sacrifice. He wants to see if we will obey what he asks us. Sometimes it's difficult to give to God what he's asking. It's difficult to give the car. It's difficult to give the money. It's difficult to give your time. It's difficult to give your effort. But you must understand on the other side of the mountain, God is walking with the sacrifice, with the answer of your prayer. And as he got to the altar, got to the altar, dad, where's the sacrifice? Son, just lay down. You don't have to. So he lays down. Isaac, 16 years old, not stupid, laying there. Dad ties him up, put sticks on him, get the blitz out, puts it all over his son, takes out his knife. I love you, son, but God means more to me. And as he lifted his knife, God said, stop. I've already provided the sacrifice. And God brought the sacrifice. And he says, I'm going to exchange the son for the lamb. And he brought the lamb. And the son went three. And the lamb was sacrificed. It's a typical sign of the crucifixion, if you just know that. But I want to tell you this morning, when you build an altar, God will provide the sacrifice. I did not know how God is going to provide in anything for the movement of the supernatural. How would you like to have a million rand budget in front of you with no money in front of you? And you just said, I'm going to do this. I don't know how. I don't even, I don't even know how it's possible. I don't even know if people are going to come. But at the end of the day, in three days from now, you will see. Tomorrow morning, they're putting up sound. They're putting up the lights. And they're putting up the systems. Because God provided the sacrifice on the altar. Was it hell to play? It was hell. I nearly lost my life. I nearly lost my ministry. I nearly lost my marriage. I nearly lost my finances, my children for the sake of this gospel for the sake of the movement it's a sacrifice of praise we're bringing to God when you build the altar it'll come you may not see it God's thank you sons when God said sow that car I didn't know how to do it I didn't know where it's going to come from but I by faith acted by faith, before I, I put that money down, the, 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 before I had to pay, the money came. Because that's how God works. Sacrifices. Sacrifices. My dad used to do sacrifices in the 80s, 70s. 1976, the Lord spoke to my dad in a vision. And Jesus appeared in his room. My dad was a PPC preacher. Security of a home, medical aids, car, everything. 
And then the Lord appeared to me and said, I've called you to bring revival to South Africa. At that time, we didn't have church like this. And so he left the denomination. And 12 people left with him. 12 families. And they sold all their homes. 12 people sold their homes. And took the money and gave it to buy a tent. And they stayed in caravans on the, on the property in Witpoorkie, opposite large school, uh, school Adelaar, high school Adelaar. That's where we stayed. My dad started praying 40 days, fasted 40 days. When he came out there, remember an Abraham figure. There was nothing that you can say, this is how it must look like. God said to him, start the charismatic movement, start the revival movement. What is that? I'll lead you as you pray, as you sacrifice. And 12 people came together with my dad and they sold everything and they bought this 300-seater tent, sound system and chairs, and they started there. And for 52 days, that was the first service, 52 days they had meetings. They started and 52 days on. Every night, prayed. Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And revival was birthed in the late 79, 1780s in South Africa. That you're all part of was birthed back then by a man that was ridiculed, persecuted. Every week we, my dad was in the newspaper calling him a witch doctor, calling him a witch, calling him a, a spiritualist, calling him all these things. Taking money from people. Yet they don't know what happened. And those 12 families, this is what they would do. They would work in the day from 8 till 5 at their workplaces. And they would come home at 5 to the, to the caravans. And then they would sit there. And the, the, the woman would make food. And then uh, the men would go and rest a little bit. And then they would do intercession. And they had a 24-hour counseling center. Any person that needed counseling, the place was open 24 hours a day. And prayer. 24-hour prayer. Up till the day my dad left his church, there was 24-hour prayer clinic. People working in shifts. Not being paid. Just there to serve the people of God. And eventually all those 12 people, as they started picking up again, they, they, they started buying their homes again. So you got, you got your job and then all of a sudden we all work together. And when you're on your feet again, you know, they help the next one. And so we all got to back up again until the, this, this, this movement, the revival movement in South Africa became so big that nobody could stop it. Nobody could stop it. My, yesterday, my, I was sitting with my aunt. I remember when my dad preached in the mines in Stillfontein. Preaching there, I would go with him. The team would go with him. You must understand, this is in the 80s, the apartheid areas. Like I said, praise God, I never grew up with that mentality. Because my dad, we, we didn't understand color, color or race or stuff like that. Because God called him for the nation. Not for the white people, for the nation. And so, we were in Cebu King while, the, while they were throwing bombs and necklaces and, you know, with the tires and stuff like that. We were playing with the little cars in Cebu King, in Sharpville, running with the crowds. <laughs> we think it's all fun. 
but he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. People got saved. People got delivered. Preaching in the mind. So yesterday I sat with my aunt and she said this. She says, you know what your dad said about Cyril Ramaphosa? I said, no. She says, he was, he was in a, in preaching in the mines and he was one of the leaders there. Yes. One of the unions. <clears throat> and my dad came back and he said this. He says, you know that man, Cyril Ramaphosa? I'm talking about the 80s now. He says, that's the most intellectual man I've seen. He's the only man I could speak around in that uh, meeting. Now, I don't want to boast too much, but my dad had a very high IQ. So, um, normal things irritated him. So, he finds people that he can relate to. And so, Cyril was the only guy he could relate to in the meeting and speak to. And then he said, says that guy there, Cyril Ramaphosa, intellectual guy, he says this, I will, I will not be surprised if you will be the president of this nation one day. How crazy is that? So you must understand. There's a move that was birthed. I'm talking about sacrifices. You are, what I'm sharing with you now, your children's children are going to say in 2030, you know, my dad and my mom, they didn't have money, but they paid money to get to arena. They paid for that arena. They did something there. There was a man there that preached the gospel. There was a man that, that got people healed and stuff like that. Come on, don't you want to be part of history one day? Don't you want to work for a ministry that is history-making ministry? Aren't you glad that you are an Ephesian of this church? If you're not glad and you're not happy to be an Ephesian of this church, then you shouldn't even be here. This is a history-making move of the Holy Ghost that we need to penetrate through. I'm so tired of people that can't sacrifice nothing for God. Oh, I am so, I'm so, uh, you know, I've got so much money, I don't have time to get there. I'm a that I don't get there. I don't like this one. I don't like that one. Grow up, man. We've got a history to shake this nation. We need to unblock some wells of the supernatural in this hour. Come on. If you believe it, say amen. Clap your hands for the coming revival. I want to be part of this revival. I want to be part of this move of the Holy Ghost. I want to be the one that's going to finance the move of the Holy Ghost. Come on, how many of you want to be a financer of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. So, um, those things didn't just happen. There were people that gave towards these things. Gave their homes. Gave their homes. I remember the sacrifices my dad gave for this move. There were days that we did not have any money. I remember one specific day that I'll never forget. I was supposed to go to school, grade one. And I didn't have clothes. But I had a father <laughs> that when he prayed, things just started moving. And I remember we went out the morning. When we came back, we stayed in this home now, in Vitwerki. When we came back, in the middle of the passage, it's like it happened yesterday. In the middle of the passage, there was a roll of notes like this 
with an elastic around it in the middle of the passage in a locked house. Angels. We don't even see the working of angels anymore. We just come to church to be a blessed. Don't be too long. I need to go. You know, stuff like this. Where's the sacrifices? It's evangelism yesterday. Come on, church, let's go. Our first pillar of this church is evangelism. First pillar. First. Not last, first. And we're struggling to get people to evangelize about Jesus. Because it's not convenient for me. It's not who I am. It's not for me. It is not now convenient for me. Let me tell you this convenient gospel and stuff must get out of our system. We need to be a sacrifice of praise. Paul the apostle says, I'm a living sacrifice. Listen to the testimonies this morning. If all just sat and watched rugby, a person in a wheelchair would have been stuck in a wheelchair today. Another person's back wouldn't have been healed. But there are people that says, I'm going to get out there. It may not be convenient for me, but I'm going to go there. If you carry the title of Ephesians, you better get your heart in evangelism and put your heart in the kingdom of God. Come on, we are people of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm stirring the spirit in this house this morning. I hope you get offended because this thing is here. The sacrifices, 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 sacrifices must come back in the kingdom of God. Somebody shout sacrifices. The second thing that Abraham did, just before I get there, every testimony that has happened on this platform, of financial breakthroughs are people that gave sacrificially. Sacrifices. I want to see a move of the Holy Ghost. I want to see a move of the Holy Spirit in this nation. I want to see a move of the Spirit of God upon the young and the old, the black, the white, the colored, the Indian, the Chinese. Come on, in parliament, in school, education, media world, in the, in the hospitality industries, everywhere we go. We want to see a move of the Holy Ghost, but it's going to cost a sacrifice of praise. And Lord, I'm a living sacrifice. Smith Wigglesworth, they asked him, come and preach in the church. And the pastor said to him, this, it's a small group. It's not going to take you a lot of effort. And he says, I'm not coming to that place. If it doesn't come anything from me, then they're not going to get anything. Sacrifice. If you want to see a move of the Holy Ghost, it's going to cost us. My agenda aside, let God's agenda come. Because the kingdom of God is waiting for us. It's waiting for its soldiers to come. Waiting for the remnant to arise. Waiting for the young and the old and the rich and the poor to come together. I said to mom yesterday, I said, I believe I have a ministry of giving. Not just a preacher, I've got a ministry of 
giving, doing, saying I'm doing. It's a ministry of giving. Isaac, he couldn't dig one well until he first dug up the wells of his father. He dug two wells and they was dry. God says, I will not bless that water until you dig up the wells of your father. What am I doing now? I'm digging up the first well, which is revival. Stirring a little bit here. It's too much clutter in this well. It's too much clutter in the church. Too much issues in the church. Dig up the wells, O Zion. Dig up the wells of the fathers. Dig up the wells that can bring forth what? Living waters. Waters that can spring forth in this hour. I want to be a, I don't want to be a reservoir. A walking, stinking attitude, offense, bitter, hateful, uninvolved, un, unpassionate, no compassion person. That is a reservoir. You're doing nothing. Nothing. Zero. What are you doing? Reservoir. Stink. You're not doing anything. Reverse. Of living waters spring up from my heart. When that river comes, guess what happens? It pushes out all the junk, pushes out all the rubbish, pushes out all everything. Pastor Nikki, how can you do that? Because I've got living waters in me. I refuse to be a reservoir. I refuse to be a well that's got nothing in it. Try. I'm telling you, I want to be a well that when you touch me, waters flow, rivers flow, promotion flow, increase flow, breakthrough flows, revival flows, man. That is what we want. A revival well of God in South Africa. Shout amen if you believe it. Second thing about these wells or altars, excuse me. Firstly, they had sacrifices. Secondly, they had a cleansing on it. Hmm. Cleansing. I, I'm not going to go past my in introduction this morning. But the second thing about an altar is not just a sacrifice, but a cleansing. Because on the altar, they brought blood. To cleanse the sacrifice. A cleansing must come, O oh God. Cleansing must come of the blood of God. Prayer is cleansing. Fasting is cleansing. The third characteristics about characteristic about a altar is unity. And number four, it's a place of place of prayer say a place of prayer so Abraham he built altars look at this I've got 40 seconds Abraham built altars Isaac dig wells
I love my father. That's why I spoke to you about my dad that I can just unblock it a little bit. Abraham, Isaac, oh, Jacob. He didn't build an altar. So his name Jacob means supplanter, trickster. He tricked his birthright out. No baby ever was born except him that came out with a hand first. Babies don't come out with their hands first. The doctor will freak out if there comes a hand. Jacob comes out with his hand first. He grabs his brother's ankle. He's a trickster. He's a schemer. Sounds his birthright. I should have brought a cup of soup here. But he says, listen, here's soup. All right. And he just said, okay, I'll, give, I'll take the cup of soup for the birthright. Yeah, that's fine. You can have this building. You can have all the people. You can have all the money. You can have all the equipment for a cup of soup. He tricked everybody. Tricked his father with the, she- with the sheep. He tricked his father-in-law with some sheep. He then got tricked by his own father-in-law to marry Leah. I mean, messed up, man. How many of you feel sometimes like you messed up? Okay, but, but here's the thing. Abraham built altars. Isaac dug wells. Jacob, the only thing he had was an encounter. God visits people who's like, I don't even know where I am. How many of you know your BC days? God visits you right there. And God touched Jacob and God sent an angel down to wrestle with him. And he wrestled with him all night. Eventually, the angel knocked him in his side. His hip. And then he limped from there. When he got back to his home, he got back to his friends. They said, what happened with you? You walk differently. Because people who have an encounter with God, they walk differently. They talk differently. And you can see visibly on them that they had an encounter with God. He said, no, God hit me. I had an encounter with God. That is my prayer that at the movement of the supernatural on Wednesday night, that not one person will leave that place. All that they just came in with all my pride, all my arrogance, all my whatever offenses and stuff, but that people will have a God encounter. God messed me up so much. I have to forgive. I have to love. I have to give. I have to walk in the power of God. Come on, some of us are going to limp in the power of the Holy Ghost. How many of you believe that? Listen, when I had my encounter, when I had my encounter, take your seat, please. When I had my encounter, when I came back, everything changed. My walk changed. My mind changed. My heart changed. Even my call changed. I was just a normal pastor of this church. And then I became an apostle. An encounter changes everything. 
And that's my prayer. Like I said, this introduction it may not even make sense to you because I did not even start preaching. But I just wanted to say, say to you this morning, on the altars, we're building, we're pioneering. We're pioneering a move of God. And this move will cost sacrifices. Mega sacrifices. It will cost unity. That means the whole, whole church. I'm going to see all of you on Wednesday night. Because we are in unity. Have you ever seen Bugs Life? Hmm? That grasshopper came. I don't know, I can't remember his name. Hopper. Hopper came. Thanks, Livia. <laughs> Hopper came. And he said to his team, they said, We are mighty men. We are the grasshoppers. We can defeat the ants. And he made a statement. He says this. When they get together in unity, they are mightier than what we are. Let's get in unity on the altar. Let's cleanse ourselves. In the next three days, just Father cleanse me. Purify me. Bring holiness in my life. Come on. Stop, stop blocking your own well with dirt, with rubbish, with nonsense. Get it out. Make, make an effort, a sacrifice to make right. Make an effort to text that person, phone that person, love that person. Go and make an effort to give to somebody. Make an effort to buy a ticket for somebody. Make an effort to drive somebody to church or to the movement. Let's make an effort as a unity. And you'll see the power of God. The power of God comes. And that's why I'm saying this. The power of God, the fire of God only falls on sacrifices. If there's no sacrifice on Wednesday night, there's no fire. So do you understand where I come from in this message? We need a sacrifice. If we have a sacrifice, the fire will fall. Let's stand to our feet. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great mercy. Thank you for the love of God in this church. I unblocked the wells this morning. It may have been hard, but I had to break through the hard grounds. Now I pray, let the river of living waters start to flow. In the name of Jesus, I unblock all the dirt, all the sin, all the unforgiveness, all the bitterness, all the inner vows, everything we've dealt with. I unblock it this morning. And let the pure water of God start flowing in this church. Now, Father, we pray for Wednesday night. Would you please pray with me, church, in unity? Come on. I want you to pray for creative miracles. And I want you to pray that souls will be saved. And I want you to pray that there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Would you do that? Let's just pray for creative miracles. Souls to be saved and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Sobrama se prebeke sotorobo se premendelebe sandaya. Libra mandala barabagos endelebe kendelebe sendaya. 
Father, we pray that the wheelchairs will be emptied. We pray, O oh God, for creative miracles of the deaf ears that will open and the blind eyes that will see and the cripples that will walk, Father. We pray, O oh God, for creative miracles that growths will fall off. Father, we pray that there will be creative miracles of arms and legs that will grow. We pray, O oh God, for chromosomes that will come. We will pray for creative miracles of the heart, of the lungs, of the kidneys, of the lungs, Father, of bones and marrows, cancers disappear. Sopra, we stand in unity as a church this morning, and we thank you right now, Father, it's not by might, it's not by our ability, it's not by our names, but it's by the Spirit of the living God. I unblock the wells of the miraculous in this nation today. In the name of Jesus, I unblock the wells of the supernatural, oh I thank you that souls shall be saved. Father, that people will come, that the sinners will come, that the backsliders will come, that they will be saved in the name of Jesus, Father. I pray, oh God, for a mighty harvest of souls in Jesus' name. We pray now, thirdly, oh God, that there will be an outpouring of the supernatural in the name of Jesus, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of signs, wonders, and miracles. Meet us in the arena. Meet us in the place of the tabernacle. Lord, meet us that the cloud of your presence will fill that place. Let the glory of God erupt in that house, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for Africa. We pray for the continent of Africa. That this continent will have a revival. That this continent will have a move of your spirit. That this continent will have an outpouring of your glory. An outpouring of the supernatural, O oh God. Let the glory of God come upon our nation again. We are living sacrifices, oh God. I lay myself aside. I lay my personality aside. I lay my, my emotions, my attitude, everything aside, oh God. Deal with us, Holy Ghost. Bring a cleansing in our spirits. Bring a cleansing in our hearts. Bring a cleansing in the church. Oh, bring unity, oh God. Unity amongst the leaders. Unity amongst the Ephesians. Unity amongst the House of Peace leaders. Unity with the vision, Father. In the name of the Lord. Come on, just one more minute. Everybody now for one minute. Let's appropriate the power of God. Lord, let entrepreneurs be raised on Wednesday. Let every businessman and woman that have sowed into this movement. I declare from Wednesday they will see the hand of the living God in Jesus' name. Agree with me quickly. Father, we thank you that 2020's encounter is already paid. I call in that million rand to come in so that we can pay the next arena. That Africa will have a move of the Holy Ghost. South Africa will have an encounter with God. 
money will be the last thing on the agenda. The first thing will be to release and open the wells. Open the wells of the supernatural that will flow again in this nation, oh God. If you believe it, I want you in unity to put your hands together and just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you for the miracles. We thank you for salvations. We thank you for the outpouring. I thank you for financial harvest. I thank you, Lord, that Africa will have a move of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I declare right now, Sopramanda Rapa Sopramanda Africa, your time for the supernatural has come. We unblock and we dig up the wells of the supernatural in the name of Jesus. Now let it come forth. Sopropose Prepeke Taramanda Ramanda. I want you to agree with me. Just tell three people that revival is here. Hallelujah. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.